Good morning, guys. Welcome to the vineyard. We are going to have some worship this morning. And uh, as we get in, entered in here, I'm going to start with a prayer. And I'm going to tell you guys kind of what's on my heart right now. So as I've been going through this week, I've just kind of been feeling like life right now seems to be building kind of on top of each other, getting a little bit weighty and a little bit heavy. And I've really been trying to lean in and say, God, I just can't do this. I really need to lean in on you, and I really need to give you control. And I just feel like maybe I'm not the only person who's dealing with that. So as we go into worship today, my, my prayer is that you are able to give it to God, that you are able um, to really lean in on him no matter what. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask you to come. We ask for your presence here to guide us, to fill us. And Lord, those of us that are kind of running on empty right now, I ask that you you help us to draw closer to you. You help us to um, be filled back up with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And we give this to you. Amen. If you'd like to stand, you can, or you can sit either way.
song of love to my Savior, to my Jesus. I'm grateful for the things you've done, loving Savior, precious Jesus.
Thank you, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for meeting us where we're at. Thank you for standing beside us in everything that happens in life. And thank you that we can trust you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Um, Let's just take a moment and let the Lord speak to us. So, Holy Spirit, would you come? I felt like the Lord reminded me of that scripture that says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so many times we try to do things under our own strength or with our own power or just by, um, I felt like God was giving this example to me or he's probably speaking to me personally. But have you guys ever tried to stop doing something that you really don't want to, like you're trying to stop yourself from doing something and it's like a really bad habit or an addiction or something that you just, and like no matter how hard you will it, you just keep doing the thing. Like you keep going back to that, whatever it is. Um, And I felt like the Lord was saying this morning, if you're trying to do it by your own might, or if you're trying to do something under your own power, you're going to fail. We need the Lord. We, we need Jesus to come in and give us strength where we're weak and give us support where um, we don't have it. So, Lord, would you um, show us how to lean on you? Jesus, would you show us how not to lean on our own understanding, but instead to seek you, to take our burdens off of our, ourselves? Lord, you said you will take our burdens. So, Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, any burden that anybody walked in here this morning, any weight, anything that they might be carrying that is not theirs, Lord, I ask that you would impart your strength to be able to put that into the hands of Jesus.
and that they could feel freedom, Lord God. They could feel freedom from that burden, freedom from that addiction, freedom from that, that habit that is detrimental that they want to get rid of, Lord God. Um, Lord, we just we ask for your fruits of the Spirit to be active and moving in our hearts this morning, God. We thank you for that, Jesus. We do thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I just really felt like God was speaking to all of us through worship this morning, and my heart is in my throat right now, but uh, just that the chorus, there is none like you, Jesus, there is no one like you, uh, and we're called to live for you, not for anything else, called to live for you. So God, help us to commit to building our life upon your love, because it is a firm foundation that we would put our trust in you alone and that we would not be shaken. Um, yes, Lord. So I just echo, God, the, the prayers of Dusty and just uh, that you would just call us deeper uh, to, that, to that firm foundation uh, and clear away the things that get in, in the way that distract us and that get in between us and you, Father God. Yes, Lord. Amen. Um, we're going to do one one more thing uh, before we greet each other. Um, we've got a couple of different folks who are going in for surgeries this week. One is my friend Andy hiding in the back there. Um, and then my friend Trey, who they're not here this morning. Some of you may not know for the school people, people with kids, it's a three-day weekend. So we've got a lot of our families are out like having fun doing stuff today and this weekend. Um, and so Trey's not here this morning, but we're going to pray for him. But if I could get some folks to go around, my friend Andy back there. Go ahead and just stand up and make your way back there. Thank you, guys. And we're going to pray for her. And Andy, it's, it's ears, right? It did. Thank you, Kat. I just found out that Trey's surgery got rescheduled. I guess that means I don't have to make dinner for them this week. Um, so we're going to just, we're going to pray for my friend Andy then. Andy, you get all the attention and all the prayer this morning. So soak it, like soak it up. Uh, so we're going to pray for my friend Andy this morning. Lord Jesus, um, Andy is beyond dear to me. I love her so very much. Um, she is just my people. And so Lord, I ask, would you... Um, give her peace? Would you give her comfort? Lord, we ask that the doctor's hands would just be totally enhanced by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, that you would give them an ability beyond that which they've studied for and beyond which is inherent in them. But Lord, that your Holy Spirit would go in there and you would amplify um, the skills that they have trained for, Lord God. And Lord, that um, Andy would have just a complete and whole um, healing, Lord Jesus, Lord, that she would be able to have the surgery, Lord, and Lord, that your um, Holy Spirit would just touch her, Lord Jesus, Lord, that it would be quick and effective, Lord, that there would not be um, any extreme pain, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you would um, just join with um, our efforts, the human efforts, Lord God, and that, Lord, she would have complete restoration, Jesus. And so, Lord, we just speak a blessing over Andy in the name of Jesus Christ.
Lord, that you've got her, that she's in your hands. Lord, I pray that you would give her that peace that passes all understanding that you talk about in Scripture, God. Lord, just give her your peace, Jesus. Lord, we just speak peace over you, Andy, in the name of Jesus, that God has you, that you're his. He's looking out for you. Lord, I speak protection over her in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak protection in the name of Jesus. Lord, that she, as she goes for this, that she's not alone, that we are with her, her church family is with her, our prayers are with her, Lord God. And Lord, she's not having to do this by herself, but that she has a community of Jesus followers that are behind her, Lord. And so, Lord, we just, we thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're going to do, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, if some of you guys are already standing, if I could get uh, some other folks to stand, go ahead and everybody just stand up real quick, just real fast. Go ahead and stand up, I know, you stretch a little bit, get some juices flowing. Um, if I could have you please go and just say good morning to one another, greet each other, say hi, um, introduce yourselves. I'm going to go take care of a couple things back here real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll have the message. Okay, if I could have you guys please start making your way back to your seats. I appreciate it. Just start, start heading back there. I'd like to welcome you all this morning. Um, all my folks watching online today, good morning, welcome. Um, got a couple of quick announcements, and then we're going to jump into our message. So one, youth group, uh, January the 29th at 3 p.m. up in the youth room. They're going to have the all-group youth. Kat has her number on there. I think you also threw it on your Instagram, if I remember correctly. Um, so if you need more information, that's there. So again, it's January 29th. At 3 p.m., that's going to be happening. So if you're a youth person, if you're a young person, I encourage you to show up there, have some amazing community time together. Uh, the stalls are going to, they're right over here, right there. Um, the stalls, who I just blinded, Ryan will never use his right eye again, um, are going to be doing a doing the stuff series where they're going back and they're watching over old John Wimber tapes. They're amazing. I've seen probably 90% of them. Um, I've read at least his books, PowerPoint, Power Evangelism, and there was a third power one. I can't remember the title of it. can't remember. Yes, that was it, Power Healing. <laughs> you know, what's funny is actually I'm talking today about uh, being relevant. <laughs> and so I'm showing my age. Yes, I am a Gen Xer. And I, uh, we, uh, yeah, I know, Team Gen X. Um, should I tell the story, sweetie, about the VHS tape? So <laughs> I'm going to tell a funny story. Speaking about videotapes, because now Ryan reminded me of it. Christy and I, we were married in 96. Um, we, you know, digital media did not exist at that time, so I think I had an uncle who stood at the back of St. Paul's Cathedral where we got married, and 
you know, the old, like the VCR, a VHS recorder thing, recorded our wedding for us, which was really nice and wonderful. And, and back then, there wasn't really a way to secure a VHS tape unless you, like, you had to pull out these little tabs that were on there to keep from it being recorded over. And I really liked the show Cops. It was, it was a guilty pleasure. I, I had been watching it for a long time. I really enjoyed it. And we were going to have to be going somewhere. And so, young people, I want you to understand this. There was a time back in the, in the before times um, where if you weren't actually in front of your TV, odds are you would miss whatever it is you're going to watch. I know this is like crazy sauce. I know it is. But yeah, if you weren't, like, you, you couldn't stream anything. The only thing streaming was, like, outside in the woods in the water. That was the only streaming we had. And so you had to, like, physically put in a tape and record something if you wanted to watch it later. Um, and there was a new episode of Cops that was going to be on. And so I was looking for tapes, and, and this tape wasn't labeled. And so I grabbed a tape, and I put it in. And so here's our beautiful ceremony. And then about 10 minutes into the ceremony, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? <laughs> and the rest, of the, the rest of it was cops. And in case you're wondering if there was a backup videotape of our wedding service, no. Because <laughs> it, wasn't, it, it wasn't planned. We didn't, you know... We're still married. <laughs> my wife, my, my saintly wife, <laughs> is the very vision of forgiveness and acceptance. <laughs> she takes me, just like Jesus does, broken as I am, <laughs> with all my failings and faults. And yeah, that happened. So I have never, ever pretended to be perfect. Like, never. I'm not going to start now. I didn't start then. I'm what you get. <laughs> so yeah, she put up with that. So they're not watching videotapes. <laughs> and I would encourage you to go because here's the thing. We at the Yakima Vineyard wholeheartedly believe that our God is a living God and that he speaks to us. And the Holy Spirit wants to move in us and through us so that we can bring his kingdom to bear on our communities. And this home group that they're doing is focused on how do we allow the Lord to use us to pray for people for healing. If God wants to speak to someone, can he use us to share a word with them? Areas of brokenness in our lives that we just need a touch from God and we need to hear from the Lord. Um, these are the kind of things like how can God how can we allow the Holy Spirit to use us in, in our minds, in our bodies, in our spirit, in our communities? Um, how do we submit ourselves to God and truly be, uh, as John Wimber once said, loose change in his pocket, that God can spend us however he wants? How can we be that loose change in God's pocket? Uh, so anyway, I encourage you to attend that. Um, this month, we're talking about the greatness of the gospel. Why is the good news of Jesus Christ 
the most important thing that has ever happened since the creation of our world. This Jesus inbreaking into our communities and into our world. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. This was actually like a huge burden off my back. Dusty cannot save anybody. Like, I, I'm not good enough. I am not even close to being holy enough. I may love you as much as I can possibly love you, um, but me dying for you, uh, you know, maybe my wife and son. If somebody was coming to attack one of you, I would definitely get in the way because I'm a little bit of a sheepdog. Um, but like willingly saying, okay, I'm going to go through torture and sacrifice and death and my friends are going to turn their back on me, looking at you, Peter. Um, you know, I'm going to go through all of that for one of you guys? Uh, I don't know. I'm being transparent. I'm, I'm being really honest. Like, I don't, and like for somebody that I don't even know, like and have never met, doing that for them? much less somebody that I care about, that's kind of a big ask. But Jesus did that for us. And it's God who brings people to salvation. We present God, we show God through our lives and through our words and through our love, we, we present God. But the only person who can truly bring someone to salvation is God himself. So it takes the burden off of us it says that all of us are called to salvation by the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit who draws us. It's the Holy Spirit who brings us to Him. Going a little retro. This was actually at the end if you were going to turn off your Nintendo and you didn't save your game. It said, everything not saved will be lost. And it's a little bit prophetic. Everything not saved will be lost. We all have a choice. We can follow God or not follow God. That's that whole free will business. So we can choose. I can play Zelda. Even though it's a subpar RPG, I can play Zelda. And I can choose not to save it. Now, back then, they didn't have autosave. Most modern-day video games, they have autosave. It saves it in the background. You don't have to think about it. It just happens. Back then with Nintendo, if you didn't actually choose to save your game, everything you did up to that point would be gone, wiped out like it never happened. You have to restart all over again. And that's if, like, you even get that option because maybe your sibling's going to come in and want to play, and then you just don't even get a chance. That might have happened with my, me and my sister Kim. Uh, so you have a choice. Just like I did with my Nintendo game. We have a choice. We can choose to follow Jesus, save our game, level up, or not. And sometimes that's like a really hard 
reality, right? Like it's, it's hard to kind of wrap our head around because we have people who we love and who we care about and who we know, and they may not choose to save their game. So when they go to turn on the Nintendo again, all their progress is lost. And so it's one of our responsibilities, one of our jobs, to remind people, hey, save your game. We have one life. We have X number of years that we get to walk on this earth. Some of us will have a few more years, some of us may have a few less. And it says that we don't know, nobody knows how long we have. So my encouragement to you this morning is to make sure that you have chosen to follow Jesus and that anyone you know or love or care about, that you show them Jesus. You share Jesus with them because we care about them, because we love them. Um, there's all kinds of like really deep theological conversations that we could have around that. It's not going to work on a Sunday morning in 30 minutes. Um, but if anybody ever wants to have that conversation, I'm always down for that conversation. You know, what happens after we die? There's all kinds of different theologians with all kinds of different perspectives on it. You know, are you Calvinist? Are you Armenian? Are you neither? You know, there's all these different things. So different people have different perspectives on that. Um, I just know... Why not save my game now? Why not save it today? Why not save it here? And then if something messes up, like if there's a power outage and my console dies, I don't have to worry about it because I saved my game. See, the good news is Jesus is always relevant, unlike that Nintendo that I just showed you, which is pretty much old school right now. Um, but the gospel of Jesus is always important and always relevant. It's always meaningful. It doesn't matter that it's been around 2,000 years. It's relevant today. The good news of Jesus, his salvation, the, the love and sacrifice that he made for all of us is just as important now as when it occurred. And it will be important going forward into the future. It's always going to be relevant Sometimes in my life, um, if you've ever been to an airport and you know there's like those speedways where like you can hop on that moving walk thing, you know, and like you got your guy who like you make sure that you stand on the right hand side because he's got his suitcase and he's walking down the thing and like he's walking fast on the moving walkway. And so like dude's cruising, he's probably doing 20 miles an hour, right? And like that, those things, you can just stand there and you're moving. It carries you along. You're moving forward. And sometimes our world feels that way. We just get carried along by the materialism and the consumerism, the division and the anger of our world, the darkness of our culture. I mean, you don't even have to do anything. You can just stand there, and it will carry you along with it because it's so pervasive, and it's all around you. And you're in it. Just like standing on that moving walkway, you're on it. We, we exist in this culture, and it will affect us one way or the other. You cannot get out of this without being affected by it in some way. 
Even my Amish brothers and sisters are affected by what's going on in the world around them, whether they recognize it or not. Jesus has called us to be in our culture and yet distinct. And I guess one of the questions I was asking myself is, am I? Are we? Are you distinct from your culture? Or do you just blend in? Does your life not really look any different? Because if we follow Jesus, our flow and our pattern of life and how we treat others will be distinct from our culture at large because God has called us to be a part of a different kingdom than the generalized kingdom around us. And we're not going to respond the same way that someone who doesn't follow Jesus would if we're following him, if we're truly allowing change. I feel like the word relevance gotten a bad rap, particularly in the church. Uh, many Jesus-following communities spend their primary energy by trying to be attractive and interesting and inviting to the local community. And that in itself isn't a bad thing. I mean, that's, that's not a bad thing to be, to be welcoming and to be interesting. And while I'll never be attractive, my wife is, so is Ryan. Boffman back there, he's got like this hair thing that I used to have, and I don't know, although I was never as wavy cool as yours. Um, Like, I mean, that's not a bad thing, but our goal is to be involved in the lives of people, and sometimes we think that to attract them, we have to have like the best band and like the, the, the most amazing food. Like the best lights and sound, and there's, there's this worship joke that always goes that the Holy Spirit can't show up unless you have a smoke machine. Like it's just kind of a running joke. Um, but like if we're trying to match the entertainment that is in the world, we will always lose. I mean, I don't have tens of millions of dollars to throw up here on a Sunday morning like the Foo Fighters do when they roll into Key Arena with all their sound and the lights and, you know, I, my vocals are not Dave Grohl. I do not sing like him. I, and I'm not as cool as he is. I'm not as funny. I mean, so me trying to do that is silliness. Like, I'm an old, fat nerd. And me trying to be Dave Grohl is just silly. Like, it's silly. And if I think that that's the only way for me to be like Dave Grohl, to get people to know Jesus, then I've already failed before I started. Like, I can't do it. I can't, I, I'm not going to have food here like Gordon Ramsay or Alton Brown, who's my personal favorite celebrity chef. Um, like, it's just, it's, it's silly for us to try to do that. Because the thing is, the reality is that What we do have is so much more valuable and important and eternal, and that's Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit. I have been moved. um, For my 40th birthday, um, my my friend Jimmy John took me to go see the Foo Fighters at Key Arena in Seattle, and so I saw them live. I have a little bit of hearing loss in my right ear from it, but it's okay. It was worth it. Um, But it was amazing. I mean, it was incredible, the, the everything. Um, 
And I have had deep, significant, moving experiences of the Holy Spirit and Jesus touching me where I can't do anything except sit there and weep because the presence of God is just changing me, is moving me. And while that Foo Fighters concert was really fun and I totally enjoyed it, it didn't change my heart. It didn't make my life different, other than my hearing loss. But, um, I mean, it didn't, it didn't really transform me. Jesus has and does and continues to. So there's always going to be some hot new thing. But a changed heart is eternal and much more powerful. See, we're living currently in a moment that's pretty historic, right? There's this old Chinese proverb, may you live in uninteresting times as a blessing. May you live in uninteresting times. That can't be said of us. <laughs> we are living in very interesting times. We are at a hinge point in history. And whether you're talking about the fields of science or medicine, sociology, education, technology, anthropology, there are just insane changes that are happening in the world that's going to impact us both now and moving forward. There are things that are occurring in our world right now that will forever change the course of what our culture looks like. Like, we will not be coming out of this last season we've been in unchanged. And so what are we going to do with that? Is the gospel, is the good news of Jesus Christ still relevant? Absolutely. Probably more so than it was before. Because that deep well of hopelessness that exists out in the world right now, there's an answer to that, and it's Jesus Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us and says, you're not alone, and I'm with you, and I won't leave you. And guys, for me, I have to have that. Paul says this, I have become all things to all people that I might by all means save some. See, as Christians, we have to be aware of and attuned to what's going on around us. Like, just putting our heads in the sand won't work. Um, my favorite Christian musician from the 1980s was this dude named Steve Taylor. Loved him. Like, and he, he often um, would poke fun at, at church and, like, kind of Christians who, like, they just wanted to live in this bubble, right? And he wrote this song called Guilty by Association, and one of the lines is, I only drink milk from a Christian cow. It's just this great line. He's, he's like, sarcastically kind of, like, saying, you know, you, you want to be so insulated from the world. But we have to intentionally be keeping up our radar, understanding our society, understanding our world so that we can speak into it in a relevant way. And that's, that's part of what Paul was talking about in that verse in Corinthians. Like, I, it, it is important for us to not just put our heads in the sand, not just surround us with everybody who thinks like us and looks like us in the same socioeconomic group as us and act like us, 
and insulate ourselves and protect ourselves from the world around us. Because, you, you know, I, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about my friends in the Orthodox um, Catholic community and, and the monks. Like, they, they go and they live in a monastery and they, they pray and they're, they're orders that took a vow of silence so they never speak to anyone. And their, their vocation, as they present it, is to pray and is to seek God and to hear God and, and pray. And that's, that's good and, and worthy, and I, I don't disdain that. Um, however, as far as them advancing God's kingdom, there's not a lot of that happening with my monk friends who live in isolation and took a vow of silence. And I feel like there are pieces of that that we desperately need today of that commitment to wholly giving up everything for the Lord. Like, there are elements of that that we absolutely need in our lives today, here, now, today, both in Dusty, in you, in our commun church communities. Like, we, we need that level of commitment that they have where they, they gave up everything for the Lord. However, their particular approach isn't really benefiting their community or the world at large. Their vow of silence, arguably, I mean, I guess you could argue that maybe with their lives they're presenting the gospel, but um, I don't know how beneficial they're really being. And there's Christians today who try to just surround themselves with only their people. And I feel like that is a hindrance to our lives touching those who need it and knowing God. And how, how do we be salt and light if we're isolated from anybody who's not like us? And so my encouragement to you is get involved. Get involved in your communities. Get involved in your kids' school booster stuff. Know who your neighbor is. And if they ever needed anything, they know that they could come next door and knock on the door and ask you for help. Like be, be part of your community, not in your community, but isolated from it. God never called us to be isolated from our communities. Jesus took a bad rap all the time for hanging out with the wrong people, right? How dare you hang out with the tax collectors and the whores and the non-Jews and the unclean people? And did you see when he touched that leper? Now that rabbi is unclean because he touched that leper. Let's not be like the Pharisees. Let's not be like that. We need to name who our real enemies are. And I, I feel like to be relevant today, we need to be counter to our general culture and recognize who our real enemies are. Because the world wants to tell us that our enemy is somebody who has a different opinion about someone or voted for somebody different or they have a different job or they live in a different community. Like there's all these things that they want us that you know what they want to use to divide us and since the gospel is always relevant we need to recognize who the true enemy is and so i want to read ephesians 6 
starting at verse 10. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in you and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of your accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and powers and authorities operating in rebellion against the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demons and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you are protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and you will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you as you stand in triumph. Put on holiness as a protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming from you, from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take up the mighty razor-sharp sword of the Spirit that is the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the Spirit, as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers and pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach this wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel. Yes, I pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity, even though now I am currently chained as a prisoner I am still his ambassador. Paul was writing all of that to them from prison. He was chained as in a Roman prison as he's telling them to take heart, to be strong, to put on the full armor of God and not allow the lies of the enemy to destroy you. How easy would it have been for Paul in this dark Roman prison as he's chained to a wall to have given into depression and loneliness and anxiety? And, and I'm sure he felt those things. I mean, I'm sure at times he wrestled with that stuff, right? But as he's writing to the Ephesians, he's saying that I have God's strength. I, I imagine, Paul, I'm, and I'm intuiting, I'm, I'm um, putting myself in Paul's place here as I'm saying some of this. I imagine Paul being chained in that Roman prison. He's talking about the slander of the enemy against against us. I imagine that the enemy was trying to tell him lies about how he was alone and how if he was really following Jesus, how would you be imprisoned? Have you ever had those thoughts of like, God, I'm following you, so why does everything suck? I'm sure I'm not the only one. And I'm sure Paul was feeling some of that. And so what was his 
response to it. It was a godly response. I need to remember my salvation. I need to put on that helmet of salvation that will protect my mind from these assaults from the enemy, from these lies that the enemy is trying to tell me. The, the word he used was slander of the enemy. I imagine Paul encouraging himself and then encouraging the Ephesians to put on the armor of God to protect you against what the enemy is trying to do to you. And that's my encouragement to you this morning as well, is know your enemy. Know your enemy. Christ's purpose in coming, according to John 1, 3, 8, was to take on the real enemy that we all face. It says this, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. It's one of the reasons Jesus came, to destroy the plans and the work of the enemy. So who do we recognize that the enemy actually is? We have to battle with the enemy of our souls, our accuser, the devil. And that's what Jesus did and what he's still doing. If you read about the temptation of Jesus as he was in the desert and the enemy was like trying to get him to do all these things, he was tempting him over and over and over. as I was kind of putting this message together, I was thinking about that a little bit, that even Jesus himself wasn't exempt from being tempted. The difference is he didn't give in to it, whereas Dusty does. But Jesus did not. But the temptation itself, even Christ himself was not exempt from the temptation. It's our response to temptation that shows our character. It shows who we are. Jesus wants us to be ready to go with him, to stay positioned and postured against the right enemy. And when it comes to human enemies that we face in life and their schemes... The gospel's not silent on how we're to engage with them and how we're to struggle. Jesus said this, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. That is your response to other people who are your enemies or who are the opposition or who are against you or who are quote-unquote bad, those bad people. We, we all want to feel like we're, we're in the right. We all want to, to feel that we are correct Right? Like I'm, I'm doing, I'm making this decision or I'm choosing this thing or I'm following this path because it's the, it's the right way. And if someone else isn't doing that, sometimes we make them our enemy. And so at that point, if you're feeling like some other person or some 
group or organization or your enemy, what does God encourage you to do? Well, if you want to be a child of God, you pray for them. That's what you do. You don't lambast them on Facebook. You don't tell your buddy about how sucky they are. You don't I'm trying to find the right language, this good language. Like sometimes sometimes we get so like like wrapped up, right? We get so emotional about a topic or a thing or a position and we start making these divisions and even with like people who like you know they're a follower of Jesus. You know they're a fellow Christian. They know you know they're your brother and sister in Christ. And you still go after them. That's not our enemy. Our enemy is the devil. Our enemy is the slanderer. And he's going to slander other people to you so that he can get you to join in with him and bringing them down. Because that makes them less effective for the kingdom of God. Don't let the enemy win. Recognize who the right enemy is. Because we're in this delicate time right now in our society. And it's really easy to call other people enemies. And they have to be defeated. And they must be marginalized. And we need to cast them aside and put them out. Because they think the wrong thing or they, they don't follow Jesus the way they should. And guys, this is not the way of Christ. And it shouldn't be our way either. God calls us to have unity in the body of Christ. And I'm going to just keep beating that drum over and over and over until we figure it out. God has called us as brothers and sisters. We are co-heirs with Jesus in the kingdom of God. Act like it. Act like it. We can't share the same motivations and actions of those who don't name Jesus as Lord. We can't demean others with our language. If it's in person or behind a screen, on social media, we are called to be salt and light. And when you're fighting against another person and you're not recognizing who the actual enemy is and you're attacking them? Guys, how are you presenting Jesus? And if they know you're a Christian, they know you're a follower of Jesus and you're tearing somebody in half and other people are looking at it. I hate to tell you guys this. Now, I'm a, you guys, most of you know I'm a tech person. I'm in charge of our school's social media. I have to swim in those waters from time to time. I don't personally enjoy it myself, but a lot of people do. Um, I used to and I stopped enjoying it. Um, But you have to realize that when you're saying something on social media, not just your friends, but your friends of friends, and if if you're on public, it's like standing in the middle of the mall and telling someone like who their mother was and where she came from and that she's probably a canine. And like, I mean, you're like, you're saying, that's like standing in the middle of a busy mall and yelling that so everybody can hear you. 
And if you're a follower of Jesus, people are watching you. And they see that. And they assume that that's what it means to be a Christian. And the enemy wins. The devil wins. Every single prohibition in Proverbs about the tongue and the devastation that it caused and the sword that it is relates to your fingers on a keyboard. Every single prohibition against how you use your language in person translates online. Matter of fact, I would argue it's worse because it's a megaphone. And so church, be wise. Know who your real enemy is. If we name our enemy other people incorrectly, we can spend our whole lives fighting the wrong battles. I love this quote by Francis Chan. Sometimes failure is succeeding at the wrong things. You might win your argument. Your political party might win. Your stance on a social issue, you may be victorious. The other people might lose and you might win. Good job, you succeeded. Right? You won. You put them in their place. Sometimes failure is succeeding at the wrong thing. See, ours is a counter-kingdom to the kingdom of this world. And as counter-kingdom citizens, we come to the battle with a tool and a weapon and a strength that is beyond what this world will ever be able to manufacture, and that's the gospel of love. And it stops in its tracks the momentum of hate and division that's in our world. The gospel embraced by individuals who then make up a society will bring the only change that will quite literally last forever. If the gospel's not leading our way, if the gospel's not what's directly in front of us at all times, then all of our best efforts and intentions might in the end just be remembered as just noise and unimportant. Because see, the gospel works. The gospel works in regards to human justice. The gospel works in transforming hearts and actions and lives that then help us to bring mercy to other people, the gospel works in bringing us and holding our attention towards the need of all humans. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is still just as relevant today as it has ever been. And that's my encouragement to you this morning, is let the gospel lead you and guide you. Annette, could I have you, would you come up please? Um, I felt like we were supposed to have a time of ministry today and specifically about this. Um, there are, I, I felt like this morning, and, and maybe some of you online, if you shoot us a message on our online forum, we'll pray for you. Um, if you're here in person and you have been feeling attacked, and I, I felt like God was sharing with me as I was putting this together that there are going to be some of you who you have felt under assault by the enemy and he's been keeping you away 
from community. He's been keeping you away from reading your Bible. He's been keeping you away from prayer. He's been keeping you away from worship. He's been, he's been diverting you from things that you, you know make you a better follower of Jesus and just make you a better human. And the enemy has been successful recently in diverting you away from those things. And I feel like it's uh, incumbent on us to recognize that it's, it's an attack and who the enemy is, the enemy of our soul, and to receive prayer if you felt like you've been under assault lately. Um, so I'm going to ask, can I get some folks over in the West Sanctuary here um, that would be willing to pray for some people? Um, and Annette, I'll bounce back there in a minute. But um, Here's what I want to do. Annette's going to play through another song. And if you have felt like the devil's just been beating you up lately, if you have felt like the enemy has been messing with you, I want you to let my friends pray for you this morning. Um, I know all of them. I trust them. Um, don't, don't let the enemy mess with you. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to let him beat you up. That's the good news. You don't have to let him beat you up. So I'm going to say a quick prayer, um, and then uh, I would encourage you to go get prayer from my friends over here. So Lord Jesus, Lord, would you armor us? Would you put the full armor of God on us? Lord, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this world, Lord God. And Lord, you have given us equipment. You have given us strength and tools and authority to not let the enemy win. And so, Lord, I pray that um, any of us who might be wrestling with just feeling slimed by the enemy, feeling like the enemy has been messing with us. Lord, I pray, would you bring us freedom? Lord, I just speak freedom in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you move in and among your people right now, Lord? Lord, would you break those chains that are holding us down, Lord Jesus, from being the kind of follower of you've called us to be, Lord God? I want to encourage you guys, those who are here, if you need prayer, please go over and get some prayer from my friends. Um, I trust them. They're amazing. And we're going to end our service there. But um, if God's working on you, if he's speaking to you, um, I encourage you just to kind of stay in this place and let that happen.